Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated loving memory of Chacham Eliyahu Levi, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishman Chacham Eliyahu Leon Ben Shakifa, sponsored by his son Hazan Shmuel Levi. And as well, dedicated loving memory of Sami Simantov, Alava Shalom, Lilu Nishmat, dedicated. No, that's wrong, isn't it? Huh? Says over here, Sami. Dedicated in loving memory of Leah Simantov, Lilu Nishmat. Sarah Bat Nechama, sponsored by Nadine Alec Drora and Simon Simantov. Breakfast in the class is also dedicated in loving memory and Lilunish Matem, Fredel Bluma Bat Shimshon Meyer, and Chaye Sarah Bat Aaron Yaakov Alavashalon, sponsored by Shimshon Deutscher. Breakfast in the class is also sponsored by Joel and Avi Oster, dedicated in honor of their Oster and Masaton parents and grandparents, and sponsored by Emmanuel Zara, dedicated in honor of Charles Darwish for his friendship. Where are you, Charles? He was just here. And as well, dedicated loving memory to Nishmat Baruch Ben Violet and Salim, sponsored by his daughter, Vera George. And in loving memory of Reina and Raquel's father, Joseph Major, Aleva Shalom, Lilu Nishmat Yosef Ben Reina of Victoria, sponsored by Reina and Ezra Cohen and Raquel and Gabby Habert. Dedicated by Shirley and Jeffrey Lane, in loving memory of Vita Hanen, Aleva Shalom, Lilu Nishmat, Lilu Nishmat Haim Ben Oro on his Azkara. And as well, dedicated in honor of the Arizal, Rabbi's Hak Luria, on his Askaraz today. And in loving memory of Ms. Lili Safra Leah Shalom, Leah Badova Kohen Vechana, sponsored by Avram Simmons. Uh, sponsored, dedicated for Rufuashim of our Uncle Stephen K. Herzl Ben Rucha Leah, sponsored by Daniel and Rafi Asbani. And finally, sponsored by Ranel Cordoba, a Torah State of Mind listener, a shout out from Portland, Oregon. Thank you, Rabbi Shlomo Fari, for all you do. Azaku Baruch, Ya'eni. My friends, if, uh, if we had a lot of dedications, then we have to have uh, a lot of power in the Torah, inshallah. I want to share with you an idea that starts from Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah points out an incredible, incredible uh, uh, nikuda. Now, Rabbeinu Yonah wrote a sefer called, what's, what's the book he wrote? Anyone know? Sha'are Teshuvah. He wrote the Gates of Teshuvah. One of the reasons why he wrote it is because he, uh, he did not realize uh, the greatness of Harambam and, uh, and he attacked him. He felt he didn't understand his motivations or he felt he wasn't uh, you know, doing things the right way. And uh, one of the things he felt he needed Teshuvah for is, is, is exactly this. And what's interesting is that Rabbeinu Yonah writes all about the decisions that people make and how when a person makes a mistake, a lot of times it's because they're choosing something, they're choosing the wrong thing over the right thing. And I, I want to just share one uh, point that Rabbeinu Yonah makes. The Pasuk tells us that when uh, a person is motzi shemra, he's called a motzi shemra. What is, where does that come from? If I ask you what Motsi Shemra means, what do you tell me? What do you think it means? Most people grow up thinking, you have Lashon Ara, Lashon Ara as if it's not true. Motsi Shemra is when the Lashon Ara is, you say something that's true. Okay? Excuse me. You say something that's not true. Lashon Ara is even if it's true. Motsi Shemra is you say something about a guy that's not true. What's the example in the Torah of a person who's Motsi Shemra? It's if a person gets married, and then he says, uh, he doesn't like the, the, the girl he's with. 
that he's married to. So he's umatza. He says he comes out with her alilot devarim. He says lo matzati lo masati lebetecha betulim. I married your daughter. I thought she was going to be uh, for me, but I married her, and I see now that she was with someone else during our time of betrothal of arusa. What's the punishment if she's already married and she was with somebody else? What's the we know the punishment for adultery? His death. What's the guy trying to do? Why is he trying to kill his wife? He don't want to. He wants to collect the insurance policy, right? He don't want to have to pay uh, for the kitubah. So the guy is literally. What is he doing? He's trying to kill his wife. What do you call a guy who's trying to kill his wife? A murderer. What'd you say? He said OJ. <laughs> what do you? I said what do you call a guy, a guy who's trying to kill his wife? Right? What do you call that guy? It says the Torah, Motzi Shemra. Yonah. Why don't we call the guy as a murderer who also put out Shemra about someone? Why does the Torah call him a Motzi Shemra? It should call him Rotzeach. Says Rabbeinu Yonah. Because sometimes to embarrass someone by talking about their deficiencies, by humiliating them in public, the person would rather die than have those words spread about them in the community. What happens sometimes when there's a newspaper exposing someone as a fraud or this or that? What all of a sudden they'd say that the guy has to be on suicide watch. Why? Because the guy's so humiliated from his crime, from what he did, from the story that's surrounding him, that what does he want to do? He'd rather not be in this world that have to deal with the shame of showing his face in public. All the time this happens, a person's on suicide watch. Because a person would rather be dead than be embarrassed that way. And that's why our rabbis were not joking when they said, mutav, better, that a person, yapil esh, he should throw himself into a furnace of fire, v'al yalbin et berabim, he should not embarrass his friend publicly. Why does it say he should rather throw himself in a furnace of fire than to do that? And the Chachamim give different examples, give different answers. But one of the understandings is, because remember, midah keneged midah. How is he going to feel from what you did? He would rather be in the oven. So therefore, the onish as well is going to be the same uh, for you because of the embarrassment of what you just said, of the way you dealt with that. There's a very frightening Gemara. The Gemara says, how could it be that from Avraham Avinu comes someone called Yishmael? Obed wild man of the desert. How could it be that from Avraham comes such a, a child? And the Gemara says something that if you didn't read it in the Gemara yourself, you know, I mean, you can't say such a thing. Ready for this? Says the Gemara. When Avraham Avinu it w- welcomed the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the angels into his home, what did he say to the angels? He said, "You Take a little bit of water. And wash your feet. Why is he telling him to wash your feet? Anyone remember? Because the Avodah Zarah, they used to worship the sand 
So the Avodah Zarah was on their feet. Avraham Avinu says, don't bring your Avodah Zarah into my house. Wash off your feet. You Take a little water, wash your feet. The angels, on the other hand, says the Gemara, Amma Rabbi Yanai, Rabbi Yanai taught, Amru lo Amarachim, the angels said, are you suspecting us of the to being of the Aravim, the, the people of the desert that bow to the dust of their feet? Says the Mahasha, someone who suspects someone who's not uh, guilty of that thing, you suspect somebody and he's kosher. Loke, he gets punished. And in that which he suspected them of, he got hit. He had a child who himself was the things that he suspected his guests of. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get punished in the same way as Abraham Avinu, because a Sadiq, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, deals with him on the highest level. But how many times in your life has it happened? You suspect somebody of something. All the time there's rumors flying. We don't need to talk about what's going on right now in the community. Things flying around online. Everyone's forwarding this, forwarding that. People have an opinion about everything. Who knows? You have no idea what's going on. And you know what? Even if you think you do and you think you know the story, that you should pass judgment on somebody. And then barmanan, that judgment should boomerang back on yourself. The person looks, they see, oh, this person looked obvious. In the video, I could see he stole the money. I could see he did this. I could see everything. We think we have everything clear because we have a 10-second snapshot that someone forwarded to you. Now you're going to forward it to 10 other people. Barmanan, you know if a person is mentally okay? Do you want that coming your way in your house? You know if a person has any sorts of pressure, why he's there, why he's where he is, maybe he has loan sharks coming after him, and the guy was desperate, so that's why he took something. It's true he stole. But in Shamaim, if you generated a chashad, you were choshed b'kshedim, in Shamaim they say you're suspecting him of it. Okay, yeah, he did steal. But you know why he stole? Do you want the reason why he stole turning up at your doorstep? So much easier in this life to not judge at all. To not open the video. To not listen to the gossip. It saves a person so much heartache. And you see, says Rabbeinu Yonah, that instead of calling this guy a murderer, worse than being called a murderer, is being called a motzi shemra, a tale bearer, someone who speaks badly about somebody else. My friends, our rabbis tell us that at the end of times, person in Shamayim is going to go to heaven and in the heavens a person is going to be called out for different sins and the Gemara says Rubam Rubam Begezel most of them are going to have some element of stealing what does stealing mean? stealing doesn't mean a mask you walked into a bank stealing means you're in the office and you're taking personal calls Mechila I mean I don't mean to tell anyone how to do their job. But you're getting paid to work nine to five. A phone call is on your cheshbon. Now I thought to myself, who could live like that? Who could live 
on such a level, such careful, you know, who can live like that? Right? Impossible. I had a Romanian cleaning lady in, in London. Her name was Mary. Okay? Big cross around her neck. She used to clean for us in our house. She was very good. She worked very hard. My wife came to pay her one week. And Mary said to my wife, she should pay me a little bit less. Because yesterday, I had a phone call from Romania. I had to deal with something. I had an emergency, family emergency. I was on the phone. I wasn't working the whole time. If my non-Jewish cleaning lady could do it, then we could do it. That honesty is something that we have to have. But my friends, <laughs> yeah, when you look at a situation like this, and we try and understand, Chosheh B'Kshirim, Chosheh B'Kshirim means, and speaking Lashon Ara means, that if you're looking at a person and deciding that that is who they are and what they're like, Ishtabach Shemo Hashem has many ways of uh, visiting that uh, uh, upon us. Says the Gemara, Rubam Begezel, Vikulam Be'avak Lashon Ara. In the end, most of the people are going to be paying for Gezel in Olam Ha'emet. But says the Gemara, but everybody is going to be paying for Avak, avak Lashon Ara. Now, if, if the Torah is already telling you that, then you understand that that's something that no matter how good you are, you have to work on. And working on this, what does it mean to work on speaking Lashon Ara, on speaking negatively? What does it mean to work? One of the one of the tricks, one of the tools is to try and think back to a time when somebody said something negative about you. It burns, it makes you angry. You're calling someone, where'd you get this from? Who told you? It's not true. You know, go back to the guy who told you. Tell him you try and start a reverse chain of the answer so everyone knows, I didn't take the money, the guy owed me the money, etc., etc. It never works. There's no Lashon Lashon hara goes viral in a way Lashon Hatov never does. The example I like to give is, you know, when the New York Times prints an article that's anti-Israel, front page. When they force them, fact-checking, they'll sue them because it's not true. What will happen? They'll print a retraction this big on page 78 in the bottom corner. That's what it's like when you try and reel back it's too difficult. So number one, think to yourself, it's impossible to fix this if it comes out of my mouth. I don't want to say it. Number two, I understand the seriousness with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu treats Lashon Ara. It used to be that for Lashon Ara, you needed to tell someone something. Today, you need to push a button. I don't know what it's going to be like in Gehinnam for a person that only hit forward. But I'm sure that there will be a place for the forwarders. Why? Because sometimes you don't need to say anything. You just need to pass something on. I don't think you have to say Lashon in, in our world anymore. You screenshot. You're good to go. All these things, my friends, we have to be so careful. Because to forward a screenshot to 100 people it takes a split second. We are more efficient Lashon Hara spreaders today than we have ever been in the history of the world. You know, there was a woman a little while ago in the news, Hazita, she, uh, 
She made a comment. It wasn't appropriate. It was not so nice. It was probably racist undertones or overtones, I'm not sure, or just tones. Anyway, she gets on the flight. She's flying wherever she's going. She makes this comment. She puts out this tweet. Meanwhile, she's flying. She has no internet. The comment she makes gets blown up. The whole world is talking about it. They don't know that she's on this flight. She's on the flight on the way. She doesn't hear nothing. Or maybe they do know. She lands. Her phone blows up with thousands and thousands of text messages. Not only has she now lost her job because they've already fired her before she even landed, okay? Because they, the, they don't want a piece of that, right? But my friends, this woman became, in, in a matter of minutes, most hated woman on the planet. And I want to ask, you know, I think to myself sometimes, you know, we love being social justice warriors. We love calling people out and to maybe virtue signal, we're so great. I would never say that. You know, you might want to, if you actually care about the person or the issue, you might want to actually message the person privately saying, you know, I don't know if that's an appropriate thing to write. I don't know if that's an appropriate thing to put out. If you're doing it online and publicly, you know, probably you're doing it because you want the honor, you want the, the ego boost of being the person that told off someone, you know, in public. But, but if, if you do that, you just have to recognize that the damage that you might do to that person might be something that's irreparable. So when a person thinks a little bit before they act, there's a chance that they put the gun back in the holster and they go over to the guy and they work it out, you know, in that way. I want to share one just small example of, uh, of Lashon Hara. I remember a little while ago um, saying, you know, I remember reading a post where, um, where, someone, uh, where someone was asked, they asked, you know, would anyone mind doing, uh, you know, putting out, with the, teaching the halachot of the fast day before the fast day. They put a, a post on one of my social media. I said, no problem. Anyway, so I'm going through the halachot. And, and as I'm saying the halachot, I'm, you know, going through each halacha. And I, I said over one of the halachot pertaining to, uh, to uh, uh, Shabbat. There's probably a hundred something people listening live, 200 people listening live. Person comments, uh, not true. So I said, Mechila, um, what's not true? He, said, he writes back, the halakha you just wrote, it's not true. Rabbi Cherba writes in his book, it's not true, the opposite. So I wrote, I said, Mechila, actually, that's not what he says. No, no, here's what he says. I said, I'm reading right now, currently, from Rabbi Cherba's book. <laughs> you understand? But the guy, in the moment, what's he trying to do? He's trying to catch out the rabbi. Makes a person feel great. Catch out the rabbi. I remember once, I'm teaching a halakha. The guy says to me, not true. Chamovadia says the opposite. I said, I don't think he does, actually. I think Chamovadia says... Right? I'm not saying I've never been wrong about it, but I was very sure about this. Chamavadiyah says the opposite. I said, show me. The guy opens up the halakha. Chamavadiyah says, Asur. I said, Rochi, we're talking about Asara B'Tevet. You're showing me Chamavadiyah in the laws of the fast of Yom Kippur. <laughs> right? You can't, I, that's why Chamavadiyah says, go look in, in the halakhot of the minor fasts. You'll see Chamavadiyah does not say that, you know? 
But sometimes a person is so keen because they feel so much better about themselves. The reason why I'm bringing this up is sometimes the key to stop speaking Lashon HaRa is to ask yourself, forget the punishment for a second. Forget the damage that you're doing for a second. Those two, uh, you know, terrible things. What is, just ask yourself, what is my motivation here? What is my motivation here? My motivation is to correct his behavior. You think calling him out in public is the best way to do that? You think spreading this to everyone that you know is the best way to do that? Go have a conversation with him. When you realize that your motivations are not pure, suddenly the Lashon Ara becomes a lot more easier to contain and to control. Because there's, when a person feels or thinks that they're being a tzaddik, you know, I have to warn people about him. Really? Were they asking your business advice up until this point? They needed to hear from you whether or not they should invest in him. How many times did the guy ask you your opinion about who they should get in business with up until this point that you feel suddenly you need to warn him? When you take away that Lashem Shamayim lie, which most people tell themselves about Lashon Ara, right? Somebody needs to stop him. And this is your job. You know, if you take away the Shem Shamayim, suddenly a person recognizes it for what it is. And when the Yetzer Haraz mask comes off, it's much easier to stand up to him. The hardest Yetzer Hara to deal with is a Yetzer Hara wears a mask of Yetzer Hatov. We need to call out this behavior. So maybe call out the behavior without forwarding a video or a picture. Maybe say, without saying any details, that the behavior, call out that behavior. You need to give the guy's name and address? Be'ezrat Hashem, we should be zocheh. To be from the people that refrain from speaking Lashon Ara. When a person speaks Lashon Ara, God neuters. He downplays. He takes power away from that person's tefillot. Not only that, in Shamaim they judge him on his transgressions. Not only that, if you got something wrong about the story, like we just said, Choshed B'Kshirim, you become afflicted in your house with the thing that you're suspecting him of with so many downsides and such small upside. Let's be smart about Lashon Ara and decide that it's just not worth the price. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.